Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Hello, Robbie. Well, hello there. Hello, How are you? Hello. I'm okay. I'm good. Trying good. to get to where you're. You're facing. Oh yeah! Is. Look at yeah. you. You got a little Just beard a little, coming in. Little something nice. coming in for an Asian. It's pretty happy, nice. you know. Well, now that know. we're you know now that we're retired from Starfleet, we can <laughs> do whatever. Don't have to keep the. We can, uh, we can let our eyebrows grow. Why don't people's eyebrows just keep growing? Some people do, do, Garrett. Some Seriously? people. Have you seen people, people like with really long eyebrows? Some people need to trim their eyebrows. Really? Let's just say, yeah, they get yeah, a little it, shaggy. It, would it grow as long as as being you know past someone's chin, sort of like, like some some people need to trim their ear hairs, uh, their nose hairs, yeah, their eyebrow hairs. Yes. Do you do yes. all those things yourself? You know, personal grooming is not something we discuss on the podcast. That's oh. a, that's bonus material. Okay. Personal so, grooming. So, so only yes. our Patreon patrons only, are allowed yes. to hear whether Patreon or not we clip our nose hair. Get, get to hear all of our personal grooming stories. Oh. And they're fascinating. They really are worth it. So I would recommend oh. become a Patreon patron <laughs> for personal grooming anecdotes with Tom and Harry. I only have one thing to say to that. I'm going to give it a George Takei. Oh, my. After <laughs> oh hearing my. that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So we've had a bit of a break. We haven't had uh, you and I have not hung out together in no. a few weeks because you've been, been busy. I've been busy with running around doing, doing conventions. Conventions yeah. are back, all sort yeah. of, kind of, kind of, sort of. Sort of. I could, yeah. And you know, you would have gone to the Vegas convention if you were not directing in Canada, right? If you happened to be in the U.S., I think if I weren't gone. directing, like even if I were directing in the states, it's just uh, to fly on a weekend in the middle of filming is yes. really hard. And and by the way, that I think that Friday night, the Vegas convention Friday night, I shot till five in the morning. Like I, oh. I was shooting all night. Yeah. So I couldn't have done. I no, couldn't. you would have been a zombie completely. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm sad. I missed it. I, I heard Roxanne was there. Yeah. Roxanne mm -hmm. was there and uh, Beltran and myself. So the Voyager Jerry Taylor was there. Jerry Taylor was there. She wasn't in our panel, but she was there. It's been, let's face it, a couple of decades since I've seen her. So it was so nice to reconnect with her. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So the panel, the Voyager panel, the 50th yes. anniversary panel um of sorry not 50th the 25th anniversary of voyager panel <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you doing i just gave oh us 25 more years by so, the way we look really good for a 50 year yeah, reunion yeah, i gotta be, say like, for 79 robbie you look great exactly um, yeah i i um i was so sad because as you know 2020 was the year of the 25th anniversary of voyager and all the celebrations were canceled Everything, i know right everything was canceled so now the vegas trek convention um, this year, 2021, what we were hoping was going to be, you know, in honor of the 25th of Voyager, yeah. but that didn't happen. It was yeah. a very small Voyager panel. It was just myself, uh, Chakotay, and Torres, your uh, on-screen lady. So that's yes. it, the three of us. So no Janeway. And then Jerry Ryan canceled at the last minute because of um, uh, production for Picard not allowing her to go to the convention, something along those lines for mm -hmm. safety purposes. Um and it was a panel with the minorities of Voyager. Oh, the, di the diverse yeah. the, and the inclusive cast of, yes. of yes. Voyager. Yes. That's great. There were no Caucasians 
in, in attendance of this panel, <laughs> maybe That's watching, great. but not That's actually great. on stage. Yeah. So it was the diverse, uh, ethnically diverse Voyager panel. So it was good. We had a fun time. Do you but hear you, the, but you were the, missed. Police, the police cars coming for me? Yeah. You hear them? Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I'm about to be taken in. You are, you've been arrested. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Robbie, I, li- I live in a very active part of Vancouver. We're 26 floors up. We're way off yeah. the street. Yeah. But it's just, it's sort of like the, the area where if there's trouble on one side or the other of town, they have to go past us. So we get oh. all the excitement. It's very exciting. I thought it was your Irish mafia connections, actually. Yes. But that's not it's it? The, it's the crime family I'm a part uh, of. Okay. Exactly. The McNeils. The Starfleet crime family. <laughs> the Starfleet. Straight from Dublin. Straight from Ireland. The Starfleet crime family. The Starfleeters. Family. The Star- <laughs> We're going to sl- We're going to Starfleet you right now if you don't uh, shape up in Ooh, front of us. That sounds... Can we just I do that? Know, painful. I like that. We're going to start. We're going to start. Why do we sound like pirates? I don't know. Well? It turned into pirates. It is a little. Everything arc. sort of turns into pirates when I do an accent. It just. No, that was actually the best accent I've heard you do. Oh, really? Your Irish okay. accent. That was really good. What were you basing it on? Was there a character on you? On... I was basing it on you. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Uh, for the longest time, Lucky Charms commercials were, were how I based my Irish <laughs> commercial. I don't that... know that that's the most authentic irish culture that yellow you hearts green reference. clovers is it you know that's not the most authentic no. okay what about irish no. spring commercials like irish spring no, soap that's commer- kate, that wasn't that kate mulgrew didn't she do <laughs> irish spring commercials you're I joking swear to God. no you're making a joke no are you being serious i am not. oh my god i, I want to see she this. was in one back, please back in the 70s oh. back, way back in the day i love as, those as commercials a, yeah i wanted to be irish because of an irish spring commercial so we she's should, in it we should we gotta find, find that. that out for sure, but I'm yes. pretty sure she did Irish Spring commercials. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is this is exciting me now. I know. I, I want to check this so out. So much is happening in this episode of I... The Delta Flyers. Um, so much is happening. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's go watch this episode. Okay, without further ado. What, what is the think? episode? Oh, it's called Revulsion. I should Re- tell you that. Yeah. Revulsion. 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 Okay. Or Revulsion. In French, Revolution. <laughs> yeah, ouais, Revol- ouais. Revolution. Ouais. Um. Okay. Revulsion. Yeah. Revulsion. Let's go um, watch it. Okay. I'm very interested because the title is compelling. I'm also excited. We're both not wearing hats today. I know it's very unusual. That, that is unusual. Hat. Usually, one of us is wearing a hat or both. And today, yeah. no. We'll see you soon, everybody. Hey everyone, Robbie and I are back from watching Hi. Revulsion. Yes, we are. <laughs> Revulsion. Oh my. I uh, I was really surprised at so many things about this episode. Me I too. Mean, Started I really, with the, go ahead. I, I was going to say it was just a very, it's not a title that I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did not ring any bells. And no. And um and it's actually a really important episode in a lot of ways. So, I, yeah. So I, I'm surprised I didn't remember it. Um, yeah, I all. didn't. I, and I did not remember that Lisa Klink wrote this episode, and I did not though. I, excuse me. And I did not know this was the directorial debut of producer Kenneth Biller. Ken Biller yeah. directed this episode. So I know I forgot I that too. That. I did mm. not remember that he was the. You know, this was his very first. Uh, yeah. directing yeah 
assignment on our show. I don't yeah. remember if he directed many more. I do remember him wanting to direct. Uh, I remember first season with Ken. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, talking with him about it, but I can't remember if he directed more or not. I think after he directed this, he realized how time consuming and how much of a pain in the butt it is to be a yeah. director. And I don't think he did many more after. I don't think he did any more after this. To I don't honest. think he did any so, more Voyager. I think he right. went on to direct in other his, shows on, on his other show. Mm. Yeah. He's mm. gone on to a very successful writing career. And yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I think he's directed a bunch. He did a show called E-Ring a few years after Star Trek. It was after Voyager. It was it was after right after Enterprise went off the air, mm. and Mary Howard, our line producer, and Marvin Rush, our DP, um, and a bunch of other uh, Voyager crew went mm. on to work with Ken on E Ring, and I think he directed episodes. And okay, I can't remember. I don't remember what that show was about, but I remember Ken <laughs> being involved in it, and it was, and I guess it was a hit. You know, it ran yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but that was it. Was nice to see. All it was the that was that was the show I remember. A lot of our Star Trek friends, like Marvin Rush and all those guys, um, Mary Howard, everybody sort of had been on Star Trek shows for so long that I was glad to see them starting to get out and do other kinds of shows. And that mm -hmm. was a Ken Biller show, so he was a big yeah. part of of our crew moving into transitioning out of Star Trek into their new careers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leland Dorser. Did you remember him from seeing him in this episode? I is he in uh, Saving Private Ryan or what is he in? He's he's in something else that yeah that was really big during the nineties. I do remember that. So yeah. I'm blanking as to what it was. Was he in let's, Saving Private Ryan? Let's Ryan? look it up. Let's look up his um, Leland. His imdib. Let's look up his imdib and see what Leland it says. Orser. Bone Collector, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. Good call. I thought he was in Saving Private you're, Ryan. You're really good with that. I'm and impressed. ER, that's the big I'm impressed. That's the big things. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. I thought yeah. he was really, really good. And to play um, unstable, he he did it perfectly. So good job. He did great. Um yeah. So let's before we bef without any further ado, mm -hmm. let's uh, do our poetry yes. synopses, please. Let's, here we go. Let's do our poetry synopses. I'll start with my limerick. Sure. Here we go. Tuvok gets a promotion. Love, Balana box at the notion. <laughs> HD25 doesn't like organic sweat. Seven is someone that Harry wants to pet. <laughs> the doc doesn't mind organic commotion. <laughs> nice. There you go. Good job, Rebecca. Um, so I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was actually really kind of cool. There's some funny stuff in there. Okay, here we go with Squeezed my haiku. a lot of the story <laughs> you did, in there. You did. You, you got every bit. Okay, this is this is much more abstract than that. But here we go. Okay. Here is my haiku. Here's my haiku for revulsion. A lone survivor. Kim is awkward with seven. It's a long story. Ooh, very deep. Yeah. yeah it's so. funny, the awkward with seven. I tried to work that into the, the limerick. Into your limerick. Okay. I felt like yeah. awkward was a word that needed to be used. Yes. Somewhere. So yes. I picked up the slack for you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah. So we said, so, uh, written by Lisa Clink, who mm. was very prolific in these middle years. Yes. I, mean, I feel like Lisa was on, her name was on every other script. 
Oh my God. Unbelievable. I, I don't remember her writing this script at all. I mean, I talk about this episode. I talk about that scene in the uh, mess hall with seven of nine uh, at many different conventions. I've talked about that, that uh, me turning down seven after she, you know, basically says, right. let's do it. And then I'm like, no. And I always talk about like those damn writers and little, little did I know I've been basically saying, Lisa. damn you, Lisa Clink. But I, you know, and I feel bad. It was now. Lisa. It was, it was Lisa. Lisa. Yep. Lisa. She protected you just like Tom tried to protect you with his <laughs> advice. Um, uh, all right. All right. So we open up on in some mystery ship. Yeah. And there's this data looking character. Um, Call him crazy name? data. HD 25. HD 25. or Dejerin or something. He says his name. At what? Some point. HD he has 25. a name? I thought he's just HD 25. He has a name name. I thought oh. they gave him a name. But oh, anyway. wow. Okay. But I, I, I wrote down HD 25 and all my Okay. Stuff. Well, my first thing that I wrote down is shocking opening scene of the, the guy being gory in the, in the blood. Right. Yeah. I'm like, very gory, f- very gory for track. I don't remember that. I mean, I'm sure some parents were probably freaking out with their kids sitting there next to them watching that. So, well, this is by season four, we had gotten, you know, we'd done a bunch of Borg stuff here. We are in season four. The show was much darker, like the yeah. Borg influence on our show and the species 8472 and just a lot of the stuff that's happened um i think marvin started lighting the show a little different Mm -hmm. the writers started writing more edgy things so this is seeing that gory scene at the top dragging the the dead body with all the blood i'm not surprised i'm not surprised to see it because that was the direction we were going that's where the show had heading so yeah, I'm not I'm not upset about that. I am upset about the fact that you see after the initial drag, there's a there's another shot where he's now dragging him across another floor. And now there's, and there's no, no blood. blood. It's like, where's the blood now? Right? I know. And I then know. later he's trying to clean the blood off and clearly props or set, you know, whoever's in charge of dressing that set and putting that blood on there. It, it's not even coming off. It's, it, paint. A little, it's, it's just it's, paint. I understand. And I guess there's no way they could have put something on there that would have wiped off easier because it just, I don't know. It just looked like it had been caked on for, for two I think years. That, I think that it's funny because I think that on Star Trek, yeah. and I'll get into some of this as we talk through our recap, but I do think because the whole Star Trek crew, the, the props department, the art department, everybody, they were used to doing these sort of sci-fi fantasy stories and, mm-hmm. and aliens and everything that when it came to the things that were just like, like normal, like blood, like what you're talking about. Like <laughs> yes. if you, if it was a cop show and they were doing a gory scene like that, the props people, they would all be used to, Oh, well, blood needs to react like this. Like it wipes up. It's, you know, making things natural and realistic is what they would do on another show, a normal yes. show. But on a sci-fi show, you're not used to making things natural. You're used to making them unnatural and alien in some way. And so I just don't think there was a, there wasn't a radar with all of our departments. And even, I feel like even with us as actors, there wasn't a radar to constantly be going, wait a minute, are we, is this how things would really work or Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyway. Hey, that's a good uh, theory. I mean, that makes sense. If you're, if you are a crew member on a sci-fi show on a Star Trek show and you're used to making things always 
weird supernatural yeah, yeah different than and just different than the norm then all of a sudden you got a scene where you're kind of doing a whodunit like who killed these people yeah. and it's just random yeah. regular blood then they're like oh i don't know what to do so maybe yeah. that's what happened or they're just not even paying attention to it because yeah. the normal yeah. stuff like it's it's we've talked about this before like when we mm. when we go into a ship with our phasers drawn yeah. we had we had no tactical uh, advisor. We had no right. one saying, "Here's how you would use a weapon." Correct. Here's how you would sort of enter leap, a room. Yeah, enter a room, mm. leapfrog each other, cover each other. Yeah, you yeah. know, we um, didn't have that. We didn't none of that. that. We made so, that. Uh, yeah, we made that just, up. Just made it up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. All, oh, yeah. Well, I, I will say that opening scene in the mess hall where you're telling the story about Tuvok, where you're roasting Tuvok. Yeah. That was a nice interchange between uh, us. Very kind of natural, you know, dialogue. My only um, concern or my only critical eye, you know, my only critique, let me say that. My only critique about that scene is when I impersonate Tuvok, I sound like George Takei. I sound like Sulu. I'm doing a Sulu impersonation. <laughs> Why didn't I do that more, you know, more like Tuvok. Tim Russ? Yeah, more because Tim Russ is very measured and very drawn out. You know, he doesn't yeah. speed through his lines, right? I should have did the more of a live long and prosper. You know, more of a like a kind right. of Tuvaki sounding right. cadence, but I no, didn't do interesting. that. Interesting. Uh, so that bugged me. Did that pull you out at all? Did you? Th- no, did you it feel didn't. That? No. Okay. No, I I came away from that scene like you said. Hmm. It would felt very naturalistic, very yeah. authentic, yeah. and I realized we never have scenes like where that. All of us are like that, where we're sitting <laughs> never, around, no, telling funny stories, where we're no. laughing. It was such a refreshing. Uh, the the script was refreshing. Yes. The yes. subject matter was refreshing. Yes, it was. I wrote down. We don't often have these kinds of just character scenes. No, where, where we're talking about our affection for each other. Yeah. Not yeah. about like our job performance or any of that, but but just those kind of little human anecdotes that that characters share. Yeah, and it it just it felt very natural. I felt like I was really happy with the way that that whole thing came off. I thought it was very authentic. I loved the laughter scene, genuine. Yeah, the way that Ken shot it without cutting into close ups all around and just mm-hmm. letting the shot sort of move yeah. around behind all of us and yeah. It was great. It was really no, great. I, I agree. And I think part of the reason why this scene stands out as, be, as sounding so much more natural is the lack of technobabble in, this, yeah. in the dialogue. You know, we're not talking about recalibrating any EPS relays, anything that, you know, most normal human, human beings are not going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that really helped it as well. You know, it just that, occurred to me, too, is yeah. that one reason I think that often on on a Star Trek show that you don't have those extended long sort of overlapping dialogue and laughter and stuff is because there's a lot of characters who aren't human. Correct. Like, you know, that kind of interaction is, is a very human Human interaction. It's it's Mm -hmm. messy. It's kind of overlapping. um, Whereas with the non-human characters, scenes naturally sort of stop. Mm. And then you get into that alien rhythm for a yes. minute, whether it's a Vulcan or a Klingon yeah. or, or hologram or whatever it is. Yeah. So it was nice to see such a familiar human moment, I think, with mm-hmm. Harry and Tom and the captain. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. And also very impressed with I mean, you talked about the camera work that uh, went on in the beginning story that you're telling. But they even after that, the whole thing where. 
Torres walks out first and she crosses camera and then uh, it's st- it doesn't follow her. It waits for you to run after her into the hallway. Right. Yeah. Into yeah. that scene where now um, and, it, and it, I love this scene because now it's something is tracking. Finally, it's not every, it, not every episode is independent of the next episode. Yeah. It, now it just picks up where. What happened last? Well, you guys are out in space. She says, I love you. You say nothing back, right? Nothing. And then yeah. you come up with this. Well, clearly you were oxygen deprived and you probably didn't mean it, you know, and you're, <laughs> you're being all defensive and trying yeah. to protect your own give, feelings. And I'm, and I'm trying to give her an out. Like maybe yeah. you didn't really mean yeah, it. Yeah, maybe yeah. what you said yeah. was. Here's you know, your chance to say, you know, just kidding. This is my mulligan. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tom says it's been three days since you said, you know, what you said. And right. Um, and I love but by the way, so she she says, oh, yeah, well, just because I said I love you doesn't mean that you have to say anything. And then Tom cuts her off. He goes, oh, shut up and grabs her and he kisses her yeah. in this passionate kiss. Great shot pushing yeah. around. Um, and your hand but, looked like it was about to do something. Megan was like, did he just grab her? And no, your hand was coming up to grab her hand. But it looked like you yes, were it trying sort to of grab grabbed her hand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pressed you, her romantically right. against yeah, it, the wall. I thought you, well, you were trying to cop a feel, but you weren't. You were actually no, grabbing was, the hand. It was just, uh, it was a, it was, you know, honoring her Klingon side with a yeah. little aggressive yes. male, female interaction. And he kissed her. And then of course the doctor shows the, up. Yeah, the doctor. But by the way. Ruined the whole mood. Tom never, doing? still never said, I love you. No, he t- <laughs> still didn't <laughs> You still didn't it. do it. You avoided it by just, being aggressively kissy yeah you're like watch yes. this yes yes you yes. avoided it i didn't what? notice so when doc interrupts and then she takes off you know kind of flustered and she takes off i did notice i don't know whether it was ken or whether it was us as actors but when mm-hmm. bob came out i sort of took a couple steps after tom takes a couple steps after balana and then turns around to the doctor uh, yeah doc what do you want yeah. And then, and then I sort of glance back a couple times. To you keep where, referring back to her where she, yeah, where Bolana yeah. went. And I don't know if that was Ken or me, but those are the kind of things I think for the audience that like those little details, they're usually not scripted. They're mm-hmm. most often not even directed. It's the kind of stuff where like, as an actor, you've got to track, you know, where's my character's point of view? What, right. what is important to me right now? That's totally right. You know, mm-hmm. and where is this story? Where's the, the most important value of the story? It mm-hmm. wasn't with the doctor in that mm-hmm. moment. It was yeah. in, it was in what was going on with uh, yeah. Lana. So I like, I did like you referring back to where she left, but then you also added this very small move where you, you bring your hand up to your, to your, to your mouth. And it's almost like you're like savoring her or kiss, kiss or, something. or something like, yeah, you're oh, like, nice. mm, oh, I remember how your lips <laughs> felt. And so I thought, wow, did Biller to probably, I'm going to guess that Biller did not direct you and that you had done your homework and you were very present in the moment. And you, you kind of kept the before and the after going on in that scene. So I'm going to say that, right. I mean, would you I agree? would think so. I, I, directors rarely give those kind of nuances and details. That's what I love about being a director now is watching what the actors bring. You know? Yes, yes. I love seeing those nuances and details. Yes. It's the kind of stuff you can't plan as a director. That's true. That's true. And, but I will say the caveat out there for all of you aspiring actors is keep it simple, though. You know, when you try to yeah. add way too many... Uh, pieces of business with your blocking and you, and yeah. then now it just gets messy. It's like, what well, you're yeah. just adding stuff just to add stuff. And that's not good either. So yeah. there's a fine line right there, right? A sweet spot. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. 
Yeah. So the doctor says to Tom, I asked the, the, the captain about, you know, who's got advanced medical training and you're, you're the best one. So <laughs> you're, you got three shifts a week and Paris is like, wait, I'm the nurse. And I love where he says, well, if that's the <laughs> if title, that's the you way prefer, you yes, yeah. if that's the title you prefer three duty shifts a week, uh, which I thought was right. But I then, thought I was a nurse years before. I thought it was that first season yes. before Kess took over. I thought that was it. I, I, I thought, didn't know. I did not remember going back to nursing duty. You, you served a second duty shift, right? Or duty. Uh, double uh, duty. Du- yeah, double, you, double duty. Exactly. Is I will say this, though. When, you, yes. when he says to you, he goes, um, Mr. Paris, um, I'll expect. Uh, what did he say? I'll expect you with a tricorder and a smile, right? And so I immediately thought, oh my gosh, if Rebecca could make a small Paris with just his, <laughs> a, a naked Paris with his privates kind of um, blurred out, holding just the tricorder and a smile that's it. and just popping that on else. screen. Yes, that to me was nothing pretty, else. Pretty funny. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. All right. So Chicote is talking to Harry next in the mess hall and yeah. says, Harry's got to work with seven. Right. Uh, to work on uh, up, upgrading the astronomics yeah. lab. Uh, or, or, or no, making, creating the astrometrics creating, lab. That's what yeah. it is. Yes. yes. And this is another tracking moment, right? Because yep. Kim has, has been backhanded by Seven with his awkward, his ASF, his awkward Starfleet fall, you know, in yes. the prior uh, episode. Was that right? Or two episodes ago? A couple episodes back. Yes. But yeah. So that tracks here too. Go ahead. You were saying. Yeah, so Chicote uh, says you need to go do this, and um, and yeah, this is the beginning of Seven's new set, the Astrometrics Lab, which mm-hmm. becomes a regular, you know, a whole new place that we filmed lots of scenes. Yeah, and yeah. obviously was was it gave Seven a place to work and yeah. to be yes. that wasn't on the bridge, but it also gave all of us a place, gave the writers a place to write new, you know, set new scenes and new stories. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this is the beginning of that. Right. Um, and then we we cut back to the bridge and there's a message from HD 25, who mm-hmm. is an isomorphic projection. Right. Right. Or a hologram. Or a hologram. Uh, <laughs> basically going, help me. Help me. Exactly. Um, and again, for those we've said it before, but when we're shooting the scenes on the bridge, there is nothing up there. There's no projection. There's so you're just looking. Everybody's acting. We probably, I'm, I'm sure we had not even seen uh, this actor perform no. the role. So I, we were just sort of guessing at, you know, and you're reacting a, to to a script supervisor reading yeah, the words. There's also a good chance that 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 character wasn't even cast yet. Sometimes that'll happen. We'll, we'll be yeah. shooting a scene, and it's with an actor that hasn't even been, you know, if uh, we don't even know who it is yet, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. he pleads. Uh, the doctor pleads with Janeway. Well, actually, the doctor sort of starts acting like he's the captain. You know, yeah, he right? starts he's, designing the whole rescue. Oh, yeah, and he's like, I, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think Janeway says something like, I don't remember giving you the uh, command to go do yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So I don't know but, if I, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm okay with that. I'm I'm a little bothered by how human he's become so quickly. Like he's very, well, it's interesting because he's, <sighs> he's become human very quickly. Seven becomes human way quickly in this episode, I think. Yes. And human no. aware, her human awareness is huge. In okay. This episode. Okay. All right. Whereas up till now she's been playing sort of I don't understand I don't I don't get right. it I, I don't 
And now all of a sudden she understands all human things. Anyway, we'll- okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So distress call. Doctor says he's gonna. He's the best person to yep. go on this away mission slash rescue mission. And yep. and and if the if Janeway is worried, no problem. I will take Torres. She knows how to deal with my emitter. Um, let's just yeah, let's make this happen, right? Yeah. Um, then we have a scene where Kim heads to the cargo bay to find Seven, and yes. it was for me. Ah, you know, this scene, I felt like it could have been filmed a little bit more creepy or scary, you know, because she sort of startles him, but not in the way like I wouldn't have filmed it that way. I I, I wouldn't have had her climb down the, the, that side stair, that side ladder. You know, mm-hmm. I would have had her just pop up right behind Kim where he turns around. He's like, whoa, you know, where he's freaked out. It was just mm-hmm. I don't know what happened there, but um uh, any thoughts on your, in your, uh, yeah, I don't know. Directorial? I think it was definitely an attempt to make it sort of suspenseful and creepy mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Harry, I would guess his, he's very uh, nervous. I mean, yeah. we saw when Chicote gave him the assignment that he was yeah. nervous. Chicote yeah. asked him, clearly he's nervous here, but it's funny. Like, I, I feel like the audience is a bit ahead of this story, honestly. Mm, okay. Like, I feel like yeah. there's, been a clear sense between the scenes that we've seen Harry and seven in that Harry's got a crush on her. Like, I think right. the audience is, is way ahead of this. So to play into the suspense that he's afraid of her because she well, hit him. I don't know that I, I don't know that I buy that as much as he's got a crush on her. Well, no, where do you, where do you come? How do you come to that conclusion that he has a crush I, on her from before this though? Is it because- I feel like the way he was friendly, I, I just feel like the way that the scenes played out with you and Jerry Ryan when you were in that earlier episode where she hits yeah. you on the back of the skull. Right. It felt like there was flirtiness going on. It's just, you know. Well, okay. You did mention that when she showed up in with Jane, when Janeway shows up with Seven in yeah. engineering and Torres and Kim are there. Yeah. And Kim sort of smiles like, you remember Seven, Kim has a smile. In your reactions from that that episode, your video reactions yeah. that you did for our Patreon patrons, you you mentioned you're like, wow, you're really excited to see her, Harry or Garrett. Exactly. And and but but what it was was I was trying to play nervous uh laughter. You know what I'm saying? How people like will laugh when they're super nervous. And the right. nerves were that I'm this is a Borg, you know. So that yeah. so that was my initial oh, <laughs> way I was tackling that. Yeah. So I, the whole thing I totally is, took it when I watched the episode. <laughs> yeah. And maybe because I know the, you know, the longer story of Harry and Seven and sure and all that. But to me, I feel like the audience knows Harry, whether they've seen it or whether it just seems like the move, the move. You okay. know, he's he's the innocent young guy yeah. who's fallen for some girls before. Yeah. And here he is sort of getting lined up with Seven in a number of times. I yeah. feel like that's going to be the story they're going with. So to me, the the suspense in Cargo Bay doesn't work. Yeah. Like, I, I think she could have just turned around and you could have just been walking in. It could have gone right into the scene. I don't, right. I don't think it needed anything more than that. Okay, sure. Um, so um, I agree just, with you, but for different reasons. I okay. agree with you that, like, I think she could have just turned around and he could have been there. And right. I definitely think you and Jerry both played kind of the crossover from the last episode where she, you know, there was some apprehension. Yeah. But it's apprehension and excitement at the same time. You know what I mean? He's like excited because he's got kind of feels a crush about this girl. 
Yeah. But he's apprehensive because she's dangerous, but it's okay. I, I thought it was great. I mean, I don't okay. I don't well, think it's a problem. No, no, it's not a problem. Or I just wanted to be clear for all the listeners out there where my intentions were. Uh, my yeah. intentions were not to show any type of preference or crush any type of crushing on seven at all until this episode after we were forced to work together when i started getting more used to her she's not right. backhanding me and that's when i fall for her kind of yeah. thing you know yeah. i felt like this was the pivotal episode where wow i really do like her oh i think more it comes out yeah i think it comes out in the writing explicitly here but i think yeah. it's you i feel it was like hinted at before oh, i do yeah okay. for sure okay i feel like harry's been sort of taken with her I feel mm. like since she came on the ship and, and it's, it's, it's like that excitement and that, that nervousness that happens around, you know, uh, whatever an experience for a character or a person mm -hmm. might be of like, Oh, this is, it scares me a little, but it's also, a, you know, attracts me a little. And so mm. I'm conflicted. And okay. I think this story overall with Harry and seven in this episode is great for both the characters. The only problem I have is I think she's, far too human aware in this episode for where we are with her character. And I, I think it would have been more effective if Harry had been the one that was introducing her to this humanity. Mm. And then maybe at the very end, she takes a big leap forward. And that's when he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, you know, yeah. And that scene in the mess hall, for example, but up until then it would have been interesting if he had been the one that was sort of, here's how humans are and teaching yeah. her more. Cause I just thought she was, she knew it all. Yeah way too early okay yeah so but, it would have okay that makes sense it would have flowed a little bit better right more I organic so. and it's interesting because you have issues with how human aware she is and i have issues with how human aware the doctor has become in this episode it's like yeah it's what interesting. The heck? and that brings us to the next scene in the shuttle with the doctor and torres where mm -hmm. he is what is he is he jealous of paris or is he just anti-team tom what is he doing it's like all i don't this, know it's like he he's, turns he really these... really this is not this is not what his program is meant to do i feel like i i was i thought this he's was sort so of anti teasing her or it yeah it just doesn't seem right it was just it was almost like he felt that he was going to try something new and um, Bacardo, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, I'm so advanced now that I can do this now. And, and, and Ken Biller just watched it and said, okay, that's fine. It's in the writing. You think? Oh, I think it's well, all in the actually, writing. sorry. It is in the writing, but I felt like it was too, like he would have been more deadpan in the delivery of those lines, as opposed to, you know, being that he, he was so, such a master craftsman in trying to get yeah. under the skin of Torres, you know, in a way. Yeah. And I think that if he was more monotone and more sort of, you know, just computer like, you know, yeah. that, it would have been better. Yeah, it did, it did seem like some of the, the character elements in this episode were inconsistent. Yes. Even though as an episode, like often happens on our show, yeah. the episode works for itself in mm -hmm. a bubble. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it in the bigger context, like, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Some of the yeah. doctor stuff was a little too human right. for where he's at. But Did he come off as jealous? Did he come off as jealous at all in that scene to you? I don't know. It just felt like um, it, it felt sort of like teasing and I wasn't sure why the teasing, you know? Right. I'm not because sure he what. has nothing invested in no, Tom Paris or, Tom or Bolana. Right. No, there's exactly. That's why I was confused. Yeah. Like, why are you, <laughs> where is this coming from? You know, yeah. in a way. So, all right. 
Okay. So small inconsistencies. But I did like that Bellano defended me and said that I'm super responsible. Yes, she did. (laughs) She She got a little triggered when he was (laughs) cutting, you know, she defended you just like a good girlfriend would. And, you know, by the way, I got got to say that the shuttle was much darker than we normally shoot. Yes. It was very dark and moody. Again, Mm -hmm. this season three into season four transition. Yeah. Uh, Our show got a lot darker. Yeah. Um, One thing I didn't like, if you look at the shuttle scene, the Starfield is not moving. And they probably just put the static Starfield outside the window when you see Torres, you know, you see stars behind her. Right. They're not moving and they should be moving. No. Interesting. Because we they a, are en route to the other ship, right? They're, they haven't. Yeah, they they're, haven't they're heading to yet. the other ship. Yeah. So we had a Starfield that was just still. That's mm-hmm. what that's what they use in this scene. Mm-hmm. We had a Starfield that slowly moved yes. on a track. So, yeah. And then we had green screen if it was supposed to be warp stars, if we were right. at, at warp or impulse. So they um, should have green screened it and mm-hmm. put that in, in post. And they didn't do that. They just nope. kept the static. Um, yeah, well, was, there you go. There's some uh, some holes in the script here, or yeah. or inconsistencies. Let's say mm-hmm. that inconsistencies. It was probably budget. You know, they probably didn't yeah. have the room to put the moving star field because that right. was a big big piece of equipment. Sometimes right. they do that. There were a lot of inconsistencies. If you go back through and look at the stars outside, yeah. Sometimes they should be moving and they're not. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're, you know, things mm-hmm. are not. We should see something outside the windows that we don't. Yes. And it's just for money, usually. Right. Um, right. The next thing that happens is they they transport over to from the shuttle to this alien ship. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed immediately was as they start walking through the ship, obviously, it's supposed to be spooky and scary. We don't know where ND or HD 25 is. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's killed the guy in the teaser. Yep. Um, but one thing I noticed was the flickering lights. Mm. And this has come up recently on sets with me uh, because a lot of movie lights now have gone to LED panels, LED fluorescence. They don't use incandescent lights anymore. They don't use everything's LED on a set. Yeah. Well, yeah. back in the 90s when we did Star Trek, they were zero still LEDs, right? zero LEDs. Yeah, they were all incandescent lights, which yeah. means when you flicker them on and off, they kind of glow up and go down and glow yeah. up. And there's a little bit of a like a up and down on yeah. an LED. It's either on or off. Or it's off. There's no, <laughs> there's no so uh, you, analog. Yeah. There's no analog feel right. to the light. Right. And I was watching this scene thinking, oh yeah, of course there were incandescent lights in the nineties. That's yeah. why it's got a cool. Yeah. It's, it's this flickery thing that I tried to do last week on my show. But, but you I couldn't have all do it. LED lights. <laughs> and so they just go tick, 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 on and off. And it, like, I was like, in, it's not, it's not as spooky. Lights. Yeah. I was like, yeah, do we have any incandescent light? Nope. Maybe everything's no. LED. <laughs> but then I started, then today I started going, wait a minute. In the future, yeah. they're not going to have, have incandescent, incandescent lights. <laughs> like this is a spaceship. <laughs> They'd be beyond whatever comes after LED lights. LED would be the second generation. And oh. now would be the 80th generation yeah, of lighting, like, right? So, yes. But here we were on this alien mm. spaceship and you yeah. could see the incandescent sort of. <laughs> it was cool. It was scary, but right. not sci-fi. So. Yes. Oh, good catch. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so HD 25, they're snooping around. 
And yeah. he reappears and he yeah. comes over with a hammer and we think, oh God, it's going to get gory. Mm-hmm. And then he hears Torres, hears Torres yeah. say something about the doctor being a hologram and yeah. he disappears and the hammer falls down. And yeah. like, where'd what? that come from? They look around what? and he reappears in front of them now. Mm-hmm. And he, he says to the doctor, oh, you're an isomorph like myself. Right. And, uh, and I think the doctor says something like, well, we, we use the term hologram. Yeah. Um, and then he turns to Torres and he says, uh, and you're an organic. And I like her line. Oh, yes, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, also looked really, her face looked different in that scene when she, I don't know, she looked like an anime character to me. She looked point. very young. She very Did, young and very, her face was extra slender. I don't know what it was. It's just the she lighting. She looked very young, very, yeah. very kind of girlish. I yes. Don't know, innocent. And yes. I, I don't know, something uh, about her ethereal, in this whole episode. Almost. It was yes, very bizarre. I'm like, what's going on here? She didn't wear contacts, right? No. Roxanne so never I, wore colored contacts. Not like Neelix, that's, no. That's almost what it looked like to me. Yeah, I agree was, with you. I, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, well, am I seeing things or, or I don't she was very pretty you know what it is it's tom paris love that's what it is (laughs) that's what it is well you know what then roxanne dawson is the best actor on the planet then (laughs) holy moly she gave off that little glow right tom paris love that's what's happening wow okay you get a little tom paris and then this is what happens you start that's what happens beautiful more anime glow you just get a glow exactly hd25 tells us they left soros eight months ago with a crew of six and he's the maintenance isomorph he says yeah and uh he's he was there just to clean up and right. uh, and treated things. like crap by the crew so yes mm-hmm. and torres wants to go below deck in the scene and he goes yeah. no 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 don't do that too dangerous yeah. way too dangerous down there there's a radiation radiation yeah. leak you mm-hmm. can't do it yeah um great so we go back and there's harry and seven working away and seven has done her her project she's done doing her alignments or whatever her panel yes. fixes yeah and harry says uh well let me just uh you know, double check this, run, run a little <laughs> diagnostic. She's yeah. like, you don't trust me? Like, no, this is just, uh, this is just, uh, you know, this protocol. This is how it Standard works. Standard procedure yeah. and a protocol. Exactly. And he says, yep, there's a misalignment here. There's a, I forget what you said. It's like 0.0052 yeah. microns or microns something. Microns or something. 0.5 yeah. microns off. You're yeah. being so picky, dude. I am being picky, man. I'm an, I'm an exact guy. I got to get You're an exact guy. Right. But if you're crushing on this girl, you don't want to like pick at her little microns. That's but see, bad. that's it's what, a bad move. Tom Harris could have given you some hey advice man, on this. That's a bad move with a woman that's human her whole life, but a woman that is partially bored for most of her, oh, all bored for most of her life. Gonna, that's going to impress her. It's like, ooh, hey, he, he, that's he true, of, right? That's true. You're right. Man. Nice move. Well, that was my move. Thank you. Nice. Uh, I did notice. Though, but at this point in our episode, that you and and Jerry were working very closely together, yes. I was like, "Was that Ken's direction?" Because your faces were always, it seems like, <laughs> inches apart. And I was like, "Look at all these other scenes; nobody else is standing that close." But no. I mean, it, it does pay off in your storyline later on. Yes, you're mm-hmm. right. There's a lot of closeness going on for sure. Well, I think it it probably you know I I wouldn't. I think that actually was probably Ken's direction in the script yeah. because they have you in the Jeffrey's tubes and in these tight spaces for a yeah. long time, yeah. which was to sort of 
intentionally yeah. put Harry and, you know, right up there next to seven all the time. Well, I'm um, going to throw out there. My favorite Harry seven interaction was when he stops her from putting her hand in on the, you know, the, the coils in there that yes. are going to electrocute her basically. And, and I'm, I'm realizing afterwards that I'm, I've got both my hands on her, you know, body, her upper torso. And I, I kind of like, Oh, Oh, you know, I straighten up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I love that interaction that, that awkward nervousness there. That yes. There was, was a lot good. of good close contact awkwardness. Yeah. It was very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Great. So we go back. Uh, Torres is working now back on uh, the back ship on the, yeah, in a different ship. area. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, creepily HD 25 just kind of shows up behind her holding a little plate of food of rations. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so creepy when she's eating and she's like, Oh, you, you nibble like a fish like that. Well, first, just like- <laughs> you, know, you know what I got to say about this scene though? So this, this holographic, this isomorphic Projection. repair guy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he shows up with some food for Torres on this creepy ship where he's already been a weirdo. Yeah, and she eats it. She just eats it. Yeah, she's like, she just eats it. <laughs> like again, I know. Don't take food from strangers. Like I was taught the- that when I was a little boy. Okay, but you know, we are now conditioned to an era where uh, men spiking women's drinks or the other way around is rampant, you know, or people poisoning other people. Whereas I think in the mid nineties, I think there was a little bit more trust going on when we filmed this. I just, this is a bad move. This is a dumb move from my future wife, Torres, Bolana Torres. (laughs) Do not eat the food of a stranger. I mean, luckily it didn't turn out to be anything, but this is, this is one of those places where I'd say if we were on a, if we were on a, reality a more um, you know modern day or yes. current current time show yeah if if some potential bad guy offers you food you don't eat <laughs> you it. don't eat it <laughs> you pretend to eat it and you know like i just don't think she would have been as naive to think this guy was at this point she was already suspicious of him anyway um, uh, but it was creepy it's a creepy scene definitely and know? he starts spinning out oh he flips out because organics yes. and no because he says she says i understand how you feel and that's yeah, and the like, turning he, point he's like you yeah. an he organic you have no idea how i feel and he flips out yes by the way his makeup was not even he was silver yeah. on his face and then, and then, then he went to flesh yeah tone. Like See, it but, was that they should have caught that should have been caught by a yes, number of people. Been. They should have seen that, right? Yeah. Not just the makeup department, everybody's script supervisor, uh, director. I, f- DP, I, felt, hello. I felt that way with um, Brent Spiner, and I didn't watch, I haven't seen all the all the next gen episodes, mm-hmm. but sometimes I've seen clips or you know, episodes. You see a little where, bit of his skin, yeah, you, you see his skin, yeah. and it's inevitable with that yeah. concept of makeup that it's right. gonna bleed through, right? I think, yeah. um. And I hate when I see that on data because it just reminds me, oh, it's a guy with silver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and most of our makeups, the prosthetic makeups are really good. You know, I I totally buy into the alien thing. Mm -hmm. I made a note to myself after his big explosion and he apologized and everything. I made a note, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) So I think ND25 is cuckoo for cocoa puffs oh he uh, played it so well though mr he Leland endorser yes. he was great he was yes. great uh we go upstairs Torres tells the doctor that we got a problem he's kind of a <laughs> lunatic he's lying maybe he's hiding something she said <laughs> yeah. you think you think that wacko is hiding something? 
And then the doctor starts to have some sympathy. He's like, well, Mm. you know, I felt alienated when I was first. And this sort of scared me because I was like, oh, no, we're not going to go down this story where the doctor like decides to, you know, align himself with this wackadoodle. And, And by the way, at this point, I'm going, why aren't they calling for help? Yeah. Like Torres is flat out saying now it took her long enough, but she's like saying, uh, I think this guy's a cuckoo for cocoa. Yeah. And they still are trying to deal with this with just the two of them. Right. They should have called for backup at this point. God. Yeah. This is the time. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Tom was waiting to save, you know, to help, you know, protect his future wife. He would have, he would have jumped out of sick bay and gone and helped her out. He would have. Then we cut back to uh, Voyager and Seven and Harry are pulling out something out of a, this is where you're pulling out the, the. Oh yeah. Yeah. The and thing then and she, uh, and she, and she hurts injured. her hand yeah. and she yeah. thinks she's becoming weak. She looks down, she's got a little cut on her hand. And I did notice as you were like, no, you need to go to sick bay. Yeah. And as you guys walk out, like your hands on her lower back, <laughs> you've got the other hand. I'm like, holy moly. I've never seen how handsy can harry get i got really handsy i was like i was trying to guide her no i know you were trying to take care of her trying to take care of her yes and your love language is physical touch so (laughs) evidently Evidently. harry's love language and pretty much garrett wong's love language too i guess (laughs) physical touch i guess (laughs) yes but I didn't but, touch anything naughty. I was just only no, touching like but you, you can't know. because it's a family hour TV I know, show. Garrett. I know. I get that. But I'm just trying to defend myself. But you go to here. you go to sick bay, and <laughs> yeah. Tom is now the nurse or yeah. doctor. Oh, did you get? Did you write this note down? Your lines that you say to Seven in the beginning are identical. Uh, they are identical to what the doctor would say to anybody. It's almost like they that. You know, like oh, I didn't catch that. But... Oh my gosh! Just watch that scene, and I, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Then I yeah. like that Tom. You know, the idea that maybe Tom had, you know, was the standing osmosis? in for the doctor, I don't know. or intentionally, like I'm going to be like the doctor. The doctor is not okay, here. Okay, gonna, I'll buy that. I'm going to. I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll buy that. I, I kind of like that. Okay, uh, but Harry's wound up. He snaps at Tom. He's I like, do. I'm so. I'm so mean. You were to you. really mad at me. <laughs> I was a, I was a jerk to you. I apologize. <laughs> and by the way, so you're kind of a jerk. And then I, yeah. I basically say like, "Hey, like, see chill what's out. going on. Yeah. Chill out. I yeah. see you got you've got a crush on her." And yeah. And then I give you advice, but I got to say, but I deny it, don't I? I deny you it. Deny it. Bit. You deny it for a little bit, and yeah. then you're like, "Yeah, maybe okay, <laughs> maybe a little crush." And yeah. But you didn't ask me for my advice. Why am why is Tom giving you advice? You you, you didn't ask me my opinion because you, you were still like, acting the like the doctor. Up. You're still acting like the doctor who I thinks he knows so. everything, right? So you were taking the initiative just like the doctor would, right? The doctor always gives his his advice or his I take on so. it without anybody asking him. So you were in essence, I was, I was channeling, channeling the, the spirit doctor. of the doctor. Yes. See, we're yeah. getting to the bottom of this episode. So happy. I do like us. the line where I say, I don't know much about Borg women, but my <laughs> advice is, yes. my advice is don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that line. Just don't. Uh, were you happy watching this episode? Because in the beginning, you were like, I don't think Tom has much to do in this one. And I was oh, like, I didn't uh, think. 
I didn't think I had anything at all. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind was of fun. a mild surprise, like a gift, Total like a Christmas surprise. present, right? To see yeah. all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that that is a very funny line in and of itself. I don't know much about Borg women, but <laughs> don't. Yeah. That's it. But my advice to you is don't. Don't. That's it. <laughs> I think Tom says something like, oh, I hope you take my advice. And you're like, I'll think about it or something. I, you but, say it you yeah, have that line after i'm out of the room right because like, yeah. i leave the room and you're like i hope he takes my advice which is also rare it's there's weird. not a lot of yeah, yeah whenever someone leaves the room there's usually a the camera is now on the person left in the room just reacting a non-verbal thinking reaction and yeah, feeling. Thinking. that's not, it not talking to them talking no clearly so. uh, tom is lonely so he's talking to himself <laughs> now because no I think you're around. channeling the doctor again that's i guess it. so that's it Okay. By the way, I did like like sitting down at the doctor's desk. Yeah, how was that? You know, Pretty fun. I felt very. I felt like a cross between the doctor and Janeway. I poured myself a little coffee, <laughs> put my feet up. Clearly, you know, they were trying to show I'm. I'm going to leave a mess. I'm going to make a mess in there. So later on, when the doctor comes yes. back, he's like, "This place is a disaster." Yes. Let's talk about you drinking that coffee. Okay. Yes. You bring that coffee up to your mouth, and you do this little. This little lip, I can't even, I cannot even impersonate or imitate your little lip purse that you do. What is that move that you just did? No, you weren't. <laughs> was it you reminiscing about Torres's lips and you're like mm, doing a little maybe. kiss? Maybe. I don't was know. Hot? Maybe it was a hot cup. Maybe, maybe I was being careful. It's very subtle. It's a very subtle move, but the lips. I don't think it was intentional. Whatever I was doing. Okay. was All probably because right. it checking. was just a hot cup. <laughs> I don't know. Just checking. Okay, doke. All right, so the doc is uh, showing uh, ND25 the ship systems, and I'm thinking this whole time, no, why are you explaining how this whole ship works? Yes, and first um, of all, you, you've you now changed his name he, from HD to ND. Oh, oh yeah, he's ND. I, I don't he's know why. <laughs> nondescript number 25. Yes, okay. He's HD, HD. Yes, yes, HD, high definition 25. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So you're saying, why is he teaching them all this stuff? Right. You're teaching the murderer how to escape and do more murder. But basically. the doctor thinks he's a cool guy right now. And he, he really does. sympathizes with him, yeah, sympathizes and empathizes with his, um, you know, his feeling mm-hmm. stuck. And uh, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 HD high definition 25 thinks the doctor is a hero like this yes. is a moment where we're cutting back and forth with balana down below decks things right. are getting really kind of scary and uh yeah. we go back up and and uh hg25 asks the doctor to join him on this vessel and just leave voyager and they will explore you know the the, the galaxy and mm-hmm. So the whole time I'm thinking, oh, I hope that's not where this story goes. Like, I hope the doctor doesn't have to go down this road, which he doesn't. Ultimately, he no. sort of dips his toe in him a little bit. Right. He never goes there. No, he doesn't. But then Balana finds these dead bodies. Yeah. She she turns on some systems. The lights come on. And yeah. that was kind of cool because it was like an upside down body. Hand, yeah, I like that. Sideways and all that. I like that. Uh, that yeah. was kind of scary. I like, can you do that again? How do you, how do you do that? Okay, like that. Uh, well, she finds the body, the alarm goes off, and HD25 says, I'll be right back, doc. Yeah, because yep. she, someone is trying to access his matrix. So his that's matrix. the alarm. Yes, the yep. isomorphs matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he transports down below, finds yeah. Balana, yeah. throws her up against a, a, yeah. the wall, and then he sticks he his does- hand. Yes, that's a move that you see in Saturday Kung Fu movies where the one Kung Fu master. Oh. Sh- 
shoo, puts his whole hand grab in to grab the heart and pull it out, right? So he's doing that. And, yep. and all I could think of was like, wow, I don't think that's ever happened on Star Trek Voyager where somebody sticks their hand into somebody else's chest cavity no. and tries no. to pull their heart out or strangle their happened. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very, very um, uh, crazy scene. Very crazy. We go out with uh, lots of pain happening. Right. And uh, Torres does take him offline, right? She reaches over. Oh, yeah. She reaches over. That's yeah. right. Yeah. She reaches she over. She almost out. gets the button and then finally hits the button. He's out. He's out. Yeah, but we don't know if she's okay. No. We go back to Voyager. Mess hall. And Here over, it is. Over a ship shot, we hear Harry's log. His personal log. I, his personal log. And I was like, it's an official log, though. I wrote down, wow, this is really personal for an official log. This is like <laughs> journaling. I'm like, when do we hear she, so our characters like, dear diary? Well, that's what it should have been. It should have been Harry in his quarters going, dear diary. And just writing down, you know, it was kind of so, talking in ASMR. Yes. I've now met seven of nine. I love her. And just doing this really kind of low thing. But you're right. Why on earth would Harry yeah. record an official log entry? Why? Why? Right? We, I don't think we've ever heard. Have we ever heard a Harry log before? Yes, yes, we have. But it's always been about work. It hasn't ever been about this. Is yeah, the this is I'm, really I, like Dear Diary. It is. It was funny. Okay, so we go to the mess hall. Harry's called seven. And I, I wrote down, wow, smooth operator. Like from the beginning, you're like, hey, <laughs> you like the low lights in here? It's comfortable. Well, it's got a nice view. Yeah. Would you like something refreshing to drink? Yeah. <laughs> It was just like, but it had to be that way because this Lisa wrote it as a turn the table scene, right? The turn the yes. table scene has to start off one way, one direction, and completely go sideways. And yes, Harry had to be the smooth operator. He was there. the smooth <laughs> operator. I, I wrote down like this is going to go badly. I knew, I, I couldn't even remember this episode, but I was like, this is going to go badly. Yes. Um, oh my god! And then when she calls his bluff, you know, she your, eye, your 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 pupils are dilated. Yes. Blah blah blah. You've been trying oh, to create a romantic mood. Yes. Yes. She's like okay, take your we, clothes off. Yes, take off your clothes, and then I'm like, uh, 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 but you know, so. I remember when we were filming and I tell this story at conventions that after we filmed this scene, um, Ken Beller yelled cut. And then Jerry Ryan turns around. She looks, she looks at me and she goes, oh, <laughs> you lost out is what she said to me. Right. After the camera was stopped rolling and she turns to the crew, she goes, any takers. And I just remember like Billy Pete's everyone like raising their hand, like <laughs> me, me, I'm the one I can do the job. I won't turn you down. I will take my clothes off, you know? So after this episode aired, it didn't, it didn't matter where I was in the world. I could be traveling to, you know, I would be in England, Germany, People that recognize me from the show and had seen that episode would look at me and go, oh, they'd all shake their head because they knew that I had turned down the nookie. You know what yes, I'm saying? The so, seven, the, the ex-Borg nookie. The ex-Borg nookie, the yeah. EBN. I turned down the EBN and I could have had it. It was oh, right boy. there. And I love how she leaves the scene by saying, she says, well, you know, she says, well, let me know if you would like to continue our work is what she yes. said <laughs> oh it definitely feels like i don't think the writers knew whether this was going to be just a one-off or if this was going to be a relationship i think yeah. that they really thought maybe 
you know, ha- uh, Harry and seven of nine will become a relationship. I, I felt that way. Like they were leaving I, the door open. Trust me. I did too. And if they yeah. didn't go down that Avenue, I would be on Picard right now with Jerry Ryan. <laughs> <It's what laughs> happened. But I was shocked that they never touched that again. It was never, ever after this episode, after Harry says, no, I don't wish to copulate. Then you never, ever see that again. It's gone. Really? Right. No, because then the next like person that falls in love with seven is the doctor, which makes no sense at all. And then Chakotay. And it's like, what the heck? But I feel like Harry to. had an ongoing sort of like, I feel like there's a lot of moments in the show. Uh, we'll see. As we yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't I feel like it. there's a lot of moments that kind of say that acknowledge from both of them that, oh, yeah. You know, we both know that there's a crush there. There used to be a crush there. Really? But we've moved past it. Okay. We I do. See. I feel I feel like there's a lot of little moments. But you're right. This is a story that deals with it. I don't think there's another story no. that really addresses it. Mm-hmm. But there's moments. I think yeah, they track the moments. You, you may be right about that. We'll, we'll see. We we'll shall see. see. Let's see. So we go back and the doctor is reviving Bolana. Yeah. Thank God, my future wife. <laughs> um, she has internal yeah. injuries. Duh, he stuck his 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 uh, holographic hand in her chest and well, squeezed her heart. Basically, he's punctured her left ventricle, I think is what he said. So part yes. of her heart has a hole in it right now. How can she and, and she's, she's and she's standing. still oh my god, she's and she's like, a, let's go to the command chamber for me to like you know figure something out. So now they're in the command chamber, and then that's and she when, says, Oh uh, yeah, I've taken him offline. And right. Doc looks over and sees the fish, mm-hmm. holographic fish. Right. Well, she asked, goes, Well, here's the thing: they can't beam back, right? They can't beam back mm-hmm. to the shuttle because he's put a dampening field. So she says, Listen, I've got my tools over there on that over on that counter over there. So can you go grab them for me? And that's when the doctor walks over and sees the fish and the says, holographic Wait fish. a minute. Yeah. I thought you turned off all, all the emitters. She goes, I did. And then you hear thump and a thud, and you look over. And just the way I just love the way Roxanne posed herself. I mean, she just took completely like a like she, as if she was a Pinocchio where the strings were cut and she just fell like that. It was brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. By the way, the the HD25 uh first has to take out the doctor and he hits him at the mobile emitter. And so oh. he knocks the mobile emitter off. Yes. Yes. And that's why the doctor disappears. And, and I then- love that line. I love that line when the doctor says, We're trying to help you because you're unstable. And then Leela, Leela Norser screams back, no, no, you're unstable. You're a hologram that thinks like an organic. I mean, yeah, just that's right. Freaking out. I love that line. It was very yeah. good. Yeah. And really, the doctor should have known that the mobile emitter is vulnerable. Like he should have just, yes. moved, just move your shoulder back. That would have stopped it right there. No, I did think so. Yeah. So he gets the mobile emitter and then uh, Bolana wakes up Yeah. and uh, HD 25 starts going after Bolana. And I thought this yeah. was beautifully staged by well done. Ken Biller. Well done. Yeah. Cause I know this was a small set. I know yeah. these sets they built and it felt like he had a really wonderful cat and mouse with Bolana sort of trying to escape and, finding that room and all the little detail. I thought it was really, Oh yeah. Agreed. Um, Ultimately she grabs a, like a power cable. And just as he's about to get her. Let me just clarify for you. I'm I'm the English to techno babble dictionary. Uh, The live, it was a live isomagnetic conduit that she used to deactivate him. Yes, of course it was. That's everybody (laughs) knows that. Everyone knows that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so he dies. And then we cut to a bit later, um, Chakotay getting a glass of water out of his replicator yes. in, in his quarters. Yes. In his office. And did Harry you see where in. he put that? Hey, Robbie, did, where did you, where does he put that water? 
On his desk, or I don't know. He, no, he puts it on the control panel where all the buttons are. Oh, right are. on the buttons. Did you notice that? I'm I like, did. dude, what are you doing? I didn't you just, notice that. You just turned off our shields or something. Like when you, I mean, what are you, you turned off funny. life support. It's like dunk like that. So that's I, funny. I don't think anyone caught that except for, and even me when I first watched this, I didn't notice that. But in this rewatch, I was like, oh, that's God, funny. Lord, now that no. you say it, I did. I did. Something about the water just bothered me. It was, yeah. it was just, I don't know why. Maybe that's what it was yeah. subconsciously. You, you don't place any drinks on touch sensitive keypads, no. right? That could, no, yeah. no. Uh, but Harry comes in and he yeah. says, Yeah, um, Chakotay's like, Wow, you guys work fast. You're done with that project. And uh, Harry's like, Yeah, we're all done. Why don't we have an engineering ta- team take over? I, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to. Uh, well, don't like, you want to supervise this? It's, it's your baby, astrometric. No, no, it's cool. Just no, don't do it. Absolutely not. <laughs> And Harry does not want to say why. No. And uh, I think it's interesting because because this is why I thought that there was maybe going to be a Harry, you know, I, yeah. mean, I, kn- I know the- how things turn out. Right. But I think the writer's intention here was, hey, maybe there will be a Harry and, and seven, you know. It sure looked like that. Yeah, because he says, um, I'm going to keep you on this job with her and I'm going to continue to assign you two Mm -hmm. to jobs over and over again. And I just I really loved the uh, I was very pleased with my acting where the one point where Harry thinks that seven has told Chakotay about the, you know, the the take your clothes off bit. And I'm like, she. What she, you know that that little kind of just can't mm-hmm. even grasp the situation. I'm nervous. I'm embarrassed. I'm freaked uh-huh. out. You know, and I, I that was the one time I thought, oh, I, I actually like what I did there. That, no, it was that very was, good. Yeah, like for me, that was believable. You know, by the and, way, by the way, I think um, after I did the rewatch, I go like you know researching on the inter- interwebs, lots of different things about the episode. Yeah, and I know I did see on one of the boards that. Um, that the scene with you and Chakotay was filmed weeks after the episode. It was oh, an really? added, it was an added scene. Wow. So normally what happens is uh, they'll shoot the episode, they'll put it together, they'll edit it. And then if the episode is short or if there's something in the story, they're like, huh, we didn't, we need a scene to fix this story point or, right. you know, so they must've either been short yeah. You know, the time, the running time was a little short and you yeah. had another minute, minute and a half, whatever, right. two minutes. Or they looked at that story and said, hey, there's no real wrap up. There's no real resolution. Okay. Um, we need some kind of resolve. So anyway, that was an added scene. It looks like um, to me. Okay. Because it was shot, th- you know, two or three weeks after. That all makes sense to me now, because when I was watching that scene with Chakotay, looking at Harry's face, it's wider, it's heavier. It's almost like I'm retaining water in that scene. Does that oh, make sense? Funny. Yeah. So I felt it, like, oh my God. Like it was weeks later. And it was weeks later, which would make sense. Maybe I ate a lot. And this is about the time when we started to eat craft service with a with, you know, we didn't care what we were eating. And <laughs> all of us got heavy. So I'm feeling it two or three weeks later, I was actually heavier than when I filmed the episode. Definitely so. was uh, that was a big break. So mm-hmm. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah. So there's the scene there. And then uh, we go to sick bay. Yeah. And we get a nice uh, dad joke from Tom. Yes. Right up front. Alana says, uh, oh, is that going to be too late to meet me? Because the doctor says to Tom, hey, you're going to stick around here and help me clean up this mess. This place right. is disgusting. Right. And Bolana says, oh, is that going to be too late for you to meet me in my quarters later? Right. And Tom says, are you sure your heart can take it? Yeah. 
I was like, oh man, dad jokes, you know. That was that was your right die away. hard. That's like a die hard, you know, Bruce Willis line right there. Oof. You know, are you sure your heart can take it? There you go. And then um, then the well, you doctor... say you have to go check on me. Remember, you say I have to go check on Harry. I heard he's having a nervous breakdown. It's a long story. And yes. that's when the doctor says he turns into HD 25. He's like, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the doctor also has a little uh, dad joke. He tries to one up me. He says, I'm detecting elevated hormonal levels. <laughs> if you two don't take it easy, I'll have to declare a medical emergency. Oh, the Trek way of More saying get a room. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, goodness. But we end we end the episode with the doctor deciding to let things be a little more organic and embrace yeah. a human side of things. He's not right. going to try to be so clean and neat mm-hmm. and uptight about things. He allows chaos to enter into his sick bay, right? Yeah, and then we pan over to his his office and we see what Tom has done, which is there's crap everywhere on his yeah. desk and it's a bit of a mess. And, yeah, um, and and now you see the origins of my haiku, the the last line, because you talk about. Harry and seven being a long story. And then you ask Balana at the end, what's going on with the doctor? And she says, it's a long story. So that's mm-hmm. why I felt like those are the two main storylines really in this episode, right? Two long stories. Well, that was not a long story. That was a, that was a good story yeah. and short. Um, theme, great. theme, theme, my theme, my theme is being human is messy, but that's okay. Oh, that's my theme. Okay. Mine would have to be beware of a wolf in holograms clothing. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So yours is, is just kind of. Uh, being human is messy. Being yeah. organic is messy. And yeah. that's okay. Like that's part of being human. The doctor yeah. learns that lesson. In the that's end. a good He's lesson. Like, yeah. yeah, mine's more of a joke. HD HD twenty five did not learn that lesson, no, and he got not. he got deactivated, deactivated by a plasma conduit, or something, <laughs> whatever you said it was. Uh, that oh was wow, yeah, uh, yeah. I overall, what is your ranking zero to ten? What are you going to give this episode? I I actually like this episode a lot, although I wish the promise of that first scene where we were all sitting around a table with the mm. laughter and the fun. There wasn't a lot of involvement by Tuvok or Neelix no. or Chakotay, really, no. or Janeway much at no. all. So I'm going to give this like a 7.5. Okay. I liked it okay. for what it was, but it mm-hmm. can't go much higher because those episodes have to involve all of us or else okay. I just don't think it's the best episode. So. I'm going to go higher than you. I'm going to go eight just because of the, the awesome interaction. Um, in the mess hall in the beginning. Yeah. I just love that scene so much. Yeah. And and also because Leland Leland, Leland Orser was the right he casting for this. He, he did awesome. such a good job. So yeah. I'm gonna boost it up a little bit more. And just overall, even the dad jokes, I enjoyed it. So I <laughs> that this was this All was right. one was enjoyable episode. episode for it me. Was. I, I liked it. Okay. I did too. It was good. All right. So what is next week's episode? Next week, Robbie and I will be reviewing, talking about the Raven. The Raven. The Raven. All right. I'm Nothing excited to do that. with Edgar Allan Poe, I don't think. No. Or maybe. I don't know. I just right. know that's the title. Who okay. knows? We'll see. And thanks, everybody, for joining us for the Delta Flyers podcast, for our Patreon patrons. Stick around. we got some bonus material coming right up.